step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Okay, if you're in Birmingham, you're not going to be able to relate to what's going on here in Denver, but the heat is on. The you heat? feel it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's is, hot. Oh, you mean like the it, heat? No, no, yeah, the, the, the building heat. heat. Yeah, the building oh. heat. <laughs> like, like, I you thought we were talking, talking about, about you. No, I know. No. We talking about the weather outside. I'm like, are Pastor you kidding me? Pastor <laughs> Moreland. Um, it, is, it is so crazy because I try to hold off. Because I'm not a big winter person, so I try to hold off turning on the heat, and I will wear seven blankets and, like, three extra pairs of socks to hold off on the heat at home, you know, because I don't want to admit that it's getting colder. But the heat is on today, which is crazy That's to me. Not, see, I like this fall weather. The fall is beautiful, yes. but I know that um, January and February will be coming soon after that. And those are my only months I don't like in Colorado. Yeah, I and still don't think it's heat time. No, it's not heat oh, time, yeah. but I have to say October's our birthday month. Oh, it is. You're right. Both of us. Very exciting. Now 20. Uh, Welcome to the good news. 20. Yeah, love the big 2 Um, All right. We've got uh, Pastor Moreland in the house and therapist Lisa uh, Lisa Dunning, as we do every uh, Tuesday. Boy, it's been over three years now. Isn't that wow. crazy? It We've been doing crazy. this for three yes. years. Yeah. It's wild. I don't know how I put up with you guys. So long. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? you got a lot of women in your family, though, don't you? I do. Because yeah. uh, uh, Granny lives with you, your mom. Right. Right. And then your wife. And you've right. got three girls. I've got three girls. And I've got two, six one sisters. One boy. Oh, my wow. God. Six sisters. Sisters. I do. I do. No wonder you can oh, put up with this. We're there. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got some great good news stories, and then we'll get into um, a little bit more of the kind of Therapy Tuesday-type topics in the next segment. But I did want to say that I um, had the women's conference this weekend. And, you know, as you're planning it and you're wondering whether people will purchase tickets and whether it's worth the effort because there's a certain expense to doing this. And as speakers, we all cook food for breakfast and we all bring, you know, like, table decorations. And I am not a ta- – I don't, I don't have fall decorations. That's just not me, Pastor Moreland. If you come to my house, there's not a single fall decoration in my house. Yeah, I hate to say I'm kind of the same way. I'm not very Martha Stewart-y. Yeah, I wish yeah. I were, though. Do you wish I mean, you were Martha Stewart-y? I wish Stewart-y. I wish my wife was, and then I wish she- <laughs> like, tell me what to do so our house could look better in the fall. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. But we have people with different gifts. Uh, Miss uh, Michelle Ron, she has a fall decorations coming out the yin yang. Miss Senior America, oh yeah, she can do the fall decorations. So anyway, we all put it together and it was beautiful because we talked about things like um, a spouse's suicide and the pain of that and depression yeah. and addiction, domestic violence, um, um, a second uh, chance for someone who decided not to have an abortion. We talked about a marriage that was uh, rebuilt, uh, and now they've been happily married 20 uh, years, over 20 years, but two years of that, they really felt they were going to... 
they were going to get a divorce. And a couple of my friends talk about topics they'd only really disclosed to a couple of close friends. And they said, um, be careful what you tell your radio friends about because they will suggest you speak about it in public. <laughs> and so that's what happened. Yeah. And so yeah. it was the first time one of my girlfriends talked about losing her husband to suicide last year. And then my other girlfriend talked about rebuilding their marriage that um, years ago almost ended in divorce. So yeah. we had a lot of deep topics. And I was really touched by the women who, um, you know, I think it was life changing because we were really transparent. Let's be nice. honest. Yeah. So did you have like breakout groups or was it all one big session all the time? What or? I think is cool, and I'd love to do this at women's conferences. I think it'd be a great way to do it. Usually you have one speaker and it's three days. Well, I love this because we had six speakers, half an hour each, and then Tyra, the singer from your church, Tyra Lalo, who also sings it um, in Aurora at the Calvary Church, she would sing in between. Yeah. And so I moved quickly, and I liked that because if you couldn't relate to Miss Senior America, you might relate to, you know, the woman talking about uh, not terminating a pregnancy mm -hmm. you know so there were different people of different age groups it was really cool yeah, yeah. well it yeah. sounds like you reached a lot of people too which is pretty awesome with that format yeah. you know the You'll half have to an ask hour Leah out at the front desk because she just couldn't stop raving about it wow but she lost two sisters this year yeah you know and they're young mm -hmm. you know and she and her sister came and uh, she had to drag her sister because they're grieving right. and her sister said she's just it was life-changing for her so anyway it makes so, you feel good when you put the effort in i feel like i have to say this what? i have to keep correcting this tyra yes. is not a member of my church I know. who sings at calvary she's a member of calvary who sings at my Your church, church. Yeah. Right. i know <laughs> i just don't want the, my calvary family to hear me and think i'm trying oh, to steal her yeah i know i'm trying to steal her oh my goodness i took her for that they loved her yeah well she's there's nothing her. not to love. She's, yeah. You know, she can sing, number one. And then she's just such a genuine person. Yeah. You know, her husband and, and um, my wife and I have become personal friends and uh, spent some time hanging out. And they're just genuine, salt-of-the-earth people. Yeah, they and are. So, but you're yeah. not stealing her. No. I'm not, not stealing her. her. She's yeah. alone. Right, I'm right. stealing her. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Let's get started with good news, shall we? But I just want to say the good news is, wow, what a blessing to do this show in over three years. All the wonderful stories I've come across and neat people I've met. It's such an honor to be able to interview people and have you guys on the show and to speak to you listening as well. All right. <clears throat> this is just a cute story. And uh, Pastor Merlin, you're in the midst of adopting two more boys to make it six kids. Yes. Um, but I think when a kid that's old enough to understand they're going to be a sibling, you know, Moose's daughter um, was quite excited and kissed uh, Moose's baby, Toby, when Toby was born. My kids weren't overly thrilled to have a sibling. They were like, <laughs> what is this? Are you sure we can't take him back? Like, I'm not sure. Right. But I think when they're, you know, four, five, six, like they might, your kids have a little more space between them, Lisa. My, my son and my daughter, my two oldest one don't. They're 20 months apart. But my daughter and my son are, my youngest son is five years apart. So she so was excited when she he came. Was, well, she was excited if it was a she oh. who came. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's got headphones funny. on. He can't hear us. Yeah, he's <laughs> visiting studio. today. Yeah, yeah, he's visiting today. Okay, good. His ears are protected yes. from his sister's disdain. Yes. All right, so this little boy is finding out, and he's got a cute little accent. His mom's giving him a card with a picture of an ultrasound. So he sees a baby, and at first he thinks it's him. And he cannot believe <laughs> that that baby is in his mother's stomach. And he cannot stop asking, like, is it really in there? Is it in there? And she's like, it is so stinking sweet. I just love the excitement of, like, new life, new family, growing family and this sibling yeah. reacting to the fact that he's been handed a card with an ultrasound picture. What's that? What is that? That's me. No, it's not you. You? No. I don't know. Guess what? what? You're going to be big brother. Is that your baby? Yeah. Is it coming? In my belly. Is it in your belly? Yeah. Just now? Yeah. 
Is it? That's where I've been to the hospital. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Are you really a real baby? Yeah. Is it in there? Yeah, no. It's only tiny. It's about that small. Look. <laughs> I'm going to be a new big brother. I hope you're not joking. I'm not joking. You can pictures. sleep in my bed if you want. That's where I've been to have them pictures taken inside my belly. Is it in your belly now? Yeah. Thank um, you. When we get her, is it really? Yes, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Um, can, um, mum, um, um, is it rumbling? No, you can't feel it yet. It's, my belly's not big enough yet. You've got a long, long time to wait till my belly gets out of there. Is it really coming? Yeah, but not till after Christmas. Alright. We won't be able to see it kicking there for a long time either. Why are you doing that camera to me? and seeing how happy you are. If you're happy or sad, are you happy? Yeah. I'm so happy with the baby coming out. Isn't that cute? Aww. Is it rumbling? Are you sure it's in there? Are you joking? How's it in there? British accents make know, right? everything better. One of my favorite preachers is uh, Alistair Begg. He's Scottish. Oh, yeah. Love Alistair Begg. But his accent makes, like, there have been times when I've been in the pulpit and I like came this close to talking in a Scottish accent really? just because I thought it would have worked, you know. That I is love hilarious. To that yeah, that yeah. would have actually been very funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to try oh, it sometime. When I have a point that I really need to make, I'm going to say it with a British accent. Now, does the New York accent have that same feeling? I no. Don't think no. So. no. <laughs> I didn't think so either. I thought I'd, I'd throw it out there. Oh, is that cute. Uh, All right. Uh, Pastor Moreland used to be a police officer. We've mentioned that before. And he's still in the military, and you're a chaplain in the military in the Air Force and you know we've talked a lot you guys about cops and the hate towards them and you know in the last month or so cops being just people ambushing them and killing mm -hmm. them specifically mm -hmm. just to kill them as like retaliation mm -hmm. yeah and so um, innocent officers being killed and so you know I mentioned uh, you know when, when I see a police officer just to say thank you thank you for your service because their morale is low right now because over the last year there's been uh, you know, there's bad cops, we know that, but the good cops have had the hate directed towards them too. So I think you'll be touched by this story because as a pastor, not only is this guy an ex-con who's approaching a police officer, this guy is an ex-con who served three prison terms and one of them was specifically because of this police officer. So you can imagine the police officer might be a little nervous that now this guy's out of prison and he he knows him, he's from you know the town, he knows him from the arrests and he knows that he's been incarcerated for a gun violation and uh, he's approaching him to pray for him. <laughs> and he's had a transformation, as we know, can happen through Christ. So take a listen to this amazing story. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Officer Chopper, Lord. It's a run-in with the law the old Doc Amy would not have had. I have not always been a friend of the police. You know what I'm saying? A rap sheet pages long, six felony convictions. I grew up selling drugs, you know, I've been to prison three times. But now Doc doesn't run from police, he runs to them. The last week and a half, God has really been giving me the urge to pray for police officers. Several years back, Doc turned to God, trading in prison bars for prayer. Lord, as he patrol these streets, Lord. Last weekend, this convict turned Christian, walked up to Officer Salvador Chapa. I arrested him several years ago on a gun charge, uh, and due to that, uh, he ended up doing some time. But all Doc wanted was to pray. I pray that you continue to watch over and continue to guide him and lead him in the way that you may have him go, Lord. Friend Kevin Woods looked on. And then I turned around, I saw him praying, and it, it was an amazing moment to witness and snapped this picture 
Online, it's gone viral. On the department's page alone, it's been shared about 10,000 times. They used to seeing cops getting killed by a young black man or a young black man getting killed by a cop. They're not used to seeing an ex-con and a cop praying with each other. This duo hopes to inspire more run-ins like this. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, buddy. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. I think I've seen this picture on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know the story that went behind it. This is the first time I've heard the audio. And so that is, um, I, don't, I don't quite know how to describe that. You know, it's certainly pretty amazing. I mean, I've certainly run into people that I've arrested, and this was not the, <laughs> you know, this was not the outcome. Um, but uh, I think I have to say I admire the gentleman who was arrested for his humility, self uh, reflection courage. And, and whatever, yeah, courage and whatever correction has come uh, in his life. And I think he can be a powerful testimony to uh, a lot of the hate that we see demonstrated toward police officers now that, in my opinion, most of which, not all of which, but most of which is unjustified. Uh, and and all of the violence and retaliation is unjustified. So I'm certainly not making room for that. I'm saying I realize that we as police officers haven't always done everything right uh, and there are some uh, justifiably upset people in the world uh, but that doesn't excuse our actions and so uh, I think he can be a good good testimony I have to say though just that whole transformation piece when I see guys come out of prison that mm -hmm. their hearts have changed I'll never forget when I was in San Diego I had um, an ex-con come in who had that um, he's basically been incarcerated all of his life from his teenage years on up and when he'd get out, he'd go back in. Yeah. And when I met him, I thought he was old because I was maybe, I don't know, 30 at the time. And he's probably in his 50s. And he had a little teardrop um, next to his eye tattoo, which I believe means that he'd killed someone. Mm -hmm. And he talked about a whole life spent in prison. And now he was working overnights at a um, hotel doing the switchboard. Mm -hmm. And he'd been there for several years. And he talked about – it wasn't a Christian show. I was on Fox Local News in San Diego. And he's, I said, well, what – he brought in as an exemplary employee for some reason, for some award. And I said, well, what changed you? And he said, well, I, I found Jesus in prison, and I've never gone back, and I've never committed another crime, and, you know, I'm living a completely different life. And that's when it really hit me like a ton of bricks that you can completely change. Definitely. Through your faith. No question about it. In fact, uh, that's the definition of the Christian faith. If any man be in Christ – He's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Uh, that's the that is uh, the definition of what it means to be a Christian, to be a new creation in Christ. In fact, I would argue people who don't see change probably haven't been converted um, in the way that the Bible describes. Yeah, conversion. but a lot of my girlfriends like we might take a smaller piece of birthday cake at the party. You know what I mean? Like we're a little more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we we our lives haven't necessarily been like that. So yeah. the changes in us are being a little bit less selfish or like last night I didn't want to go upstairs to get my son's Advil. I wanted him to get it himself. But then I thought you should go get it for me. He doesn't feel good. I mean, I know that sounds very simple, yeah. but you know, in the old way that, that you know, I want to send him up to get it himself. And I'm not saying if he wasn't feeling well, I wouldn't, but I guess what I'm saying is for many of us, the transformation is becoming less Seems selfless. Less drastic. Than going upstairs to get the Advil when we're too yeah. tired to climb the stairs yeah. or not taking the biggest piece of pie at Thanksgiving. 
know what I mean? I mean, that's how we see transformation in many regular people. But when you see a guy that, you know, may have been convicted for murder or, you know, is doing uh, what the guy I met a couple weeks ago was doing a life term and now he is counseling addicts and he's out. Um, and it, I, that that blows my mind that, that that Jesus can change you that much from being a horrible person to being someone filled with love. That blows my mind. But don't you have to be open to that change? Because I don't know if it's Jesus or you'll. I'm just throwing it out to you. No, no. That's the reason I smiled is because that my mind goes to this whole you know conversation within Christianity of how much option do we really have to change? You know, is it is it Christ who does it involuntarily, or is it do we have to somehow be participate receptive. in yes. that or be receptive? Mm, yeah. Um, and I think you can argue either from a biblical perspective, and there's you know volumes and centuries uh, of that argument. But what I was thinking about when you were talking, Angie, is I think we have a tendency to look at things um, and classify them as big change, small change, drastic, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if you look beyond the surface you know, there in keeping with some of your examples, what we'll probably discover is there's a heart change toward people. Yes, that's a good point. And I think that's huge, right? It's not just going to do something for somebody. It's a a sense of mercy that comes along with that and a new way of processing people's problems or their heartaches or their down days. And that's huge. You know, that's huge. So what do you think about, Lise? No, I mean, of course, as a therapist, I always feel people can change. So, you know, and I feel people are definitely in control of their, whether they're going to take the tools or not. And I affirm what you're saying. I think you, I think you can change behavior without being, becoming a Christian. I I agree with that. And I'm not, and I'm not mitigating the way that I've changed. Um, I'm saying that, you know, because I was more selfish when I was younger because I was um, coming from a difficult background. I protected myself. So I really kept people at arm's length. Yeah. So in, in really embracing my faith more, I let allowed people in mm-hmm. and I put them before my fear of being hurt. But and I agree with that. I mean, I, and we've talked about this before on other you know shows where when someone embraces their faith and really. Um, it. Yes they are going to make more positive change or or be around, you know, give more of themselves in a more positive way than maybe others who kind of walk the walk but don't really embrace it, if yeah. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing about the prison system, and I think this this shows that just because someone's in prison doesn't mean they're they're done for life. They can definitely make yes. a positive change and be a good member of society. And I know prison ministry is very difficult because I have um, a couple of friends who used to be, it's just that I've met through the show that spoke about how they used to be in prison ministry, and it's rough. You know, it's very rough. Uh, but I wish we could... S- Sat, I wish we could dump it on more prisons. Like, I wish we could saturate it more. I wish we could, you know, like ooze it more through the walls and the bars of the prisons because I think if more people could be touched by it, mm-hmm. um, I really think that that could be the key factor in the transformation of these guys and to take that recidivism and gals, that recidivism rate down. And, um, you know, because of the interviews I've done with at least five guys who've done serious, now seven guys who've done serious time and as i'm going through my brain i'm like more and more that whose lives i mean now they're in like ministry work Mm -hmm. i mean like they were doing time for horrible things and now they're like running a ministry for homeless teenagers 
You know, I mean, that is transformation. So how do we get it in there more when a lot of us don't want to get our hands dirty and go in there? See, and I think it's the opposite. I think it is in the prison because, you know, they do have church. They do have the Bible. They do have people coming in. I think the thing is, is when they leave that, when they leave the prison environment where maybe it, in some ways, it's easy because it's there. It's there. It's, it's there. And they, they're desperate. Right. I, I want to come in this police officer, too, because it's so easy for police officers to get jaded. And oh, that's yeah. a side of law enforcement that the average public uh, or excuse me the average person does not see from the yeah. public yes. is you know you spend shift after shift hour after hour uh trying to do your best by people trying to treat people right i mean heinous horrible people who have done horrible things and to see the justice system let them go or they get off on technicalities or whatever get bitter you, you get bitter you get jaded so i, I want to say i love you back open to yeah the absolutely that prayed for him yeah. all right on therapy tuesday we want to talk next about national bullying prevention month and i have a story about a bully where the guy who stood up for the kid being bullied got in trouble initially so we'll share that next on the good news This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to InfiniteNation.com. Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. And also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and, and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. This is the place where love lives, 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. All right, I want to talk a little bit about bullying prevention <clears throat> month, and that's what it is here in October. 
And Carrie Conley will come up later in this segment. She's going to talk about how to get that roadmap to achieve your goals, which is totally cool, and it really works. And then um, I have a little good news story as well. All right, so Pastor Borland is here and also Therapist Lisa. I wanted to share this particular story because it was in the news about a week, week and a half ago. Um, a kid that they said was blind, he's sight impaired, and he was getting beat up by another kid. Yeah. And then a football player uh, who was friends with the kid who was sight impaired came to his defense and punched out the other kid. And he said, you know, bleep, 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 you're beating up a blind kid. What are you doing? Well, the football player got suspended from his uh, football team. And then I, I knew. I'm like, it'll be like a day or two before. Because you he gets put back on the team. This is not going to fly because the so- social media will erupt in defense of this kid because it was posted. So anyway, here, this is Cody Pines. He's the one who, he was the good guy who stopped the bullying. And um, it has a happy ending, but I just kind of want to talk in general um, about uh, bullying prevention. But listen to Cody then at the end talking about forgiving and being nice now to the bully. He's saying, let's move on from this and stop, you know, targeting the bully. He's actually now defending the bully that initially got him suspended, who was beating up his friend. Take a listen. This morning, the teenager hailed as a hero, speaking out about this viral video seen by thousands, prompting an investigation by authorities. Watch as an alleged bully appears to attack a fellow student, who police say is visually impaired hitting him several times in the head before Cody Pines leaps in, knocking the alleged bully to the ground with one punch. He's my friend and I know his problems and that's what made me so mad was that he was picking on a kid that doesn't need to be picked on. Trying to jump a blind blind kid, bro? ABC News reached out to the alleged bully. He didn't return our messages, but did tweet about the incident, saying, I never knew the kid was blind. He came up to me and tried to fight me, so I fought him. Now have eight stitches in my ear. The video exploding on social media. Twitter and Facebook flooded with praise for Pines. First, I have to commend you for stepping up. More than 40,000 students signing a petition demanding Huntington Beach High School not suspend Pines. The high school releasing a statement saying Pines would not be suspended. Friday, Pines says the alleged bully apologized to him at school, prompting Pines to tweet, I'd appreciate it if everyone would stop giving him hate. He learned his lesson. Now, let him move on. Like, it's not worth it. It's not like you're bullying a real person. You're ruining their life. Like, you need to think about that. I just think that it's pretty impressive for this kid. I don't know his faith Mm -hmm. um, to say, you know, uh, to defend, first of all. And that, by the way, that takes a lot of courage and strength to stand up to bullies in school because then kids sometimes turn on you. My son was just saying to me yesterday, there's a boy that sits next to me, Mom. And he explained a couple of things about, you know, how kids toot in class, right? And he said he does it a lot. And I think he's really, really smart, but he does weird things, Mom. And I said, um, well, are you nice to him? He said, yes. I said, he might have a disability that we don't know about. He might have autism or Asperger's. He goes, what are those? I said, I'll explain them more later, but it means that God makes people differently. It doesn't mean he's worse, but you might need to stand up for him. Because then he went on to explain that other kids never want to 
to be his partner. And he said, Mom, it's really sad when he says, do you want to be my partner? The other kids will turn and look for someone else and say, well, I was already going to be with Sam or Susie or whoever. And I said, well, I want to make sure if he asks you, you have to have the courage and the strength to be the one that says, yes, I will be your partner. And then they're afraid, the kid, like my kid, then they're afraid people won't like them if they associate with that kid. That's why it takes so much courage to stand up to the bully because you might be bullied as well. Yeah, I have this conversation, you know, I've got teenagers, so on a somewhat regular basis. And you're right, I think courage is a key part of what they have to exhibit during that time. But what I try to get my kids to see is if you take that step of courage, most people will follow. Most people will follow. They're just waiting for someone to lead them. you know. And I think the same thing is true in adults. I don't think this is just a kid thing, which is... Uh, we tend to follow more than we do lead. I see this all the time. I am shocked at uh, the level of how uh, we acquiesce or accept things that we really don't believe in or that we know is not right, but we just can't find the courage to say no or to say, I'm not going to do that or to say, let's go this way. I think most people, uh, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, want to do what's right. They just need somebody sometimes to point them in the right direction or to know that they're not alone. Yeah. I think that's the key, you know, being af afraid of being alone and yeah. singled out. And I think, you know, it's your true friends will stand by you. So you'll kids will learn a lot too when you defend someone or you know go on the the road less traveled so to speak or that's not the popular thing to do the people that are going to support you are the ones that you want to be by your side mm -hmm. you know it will kind of wean out the fake ones so to speak but i think it comes from courage within building a confident child to say you know what sometimes you're going to make choices and not everybody's going to agree with you but mm -hmm. you have to feel inside your heart that those are the right decisions That's for right. you yeah well, I, I, I don't want to beat the whole topic to death because a lot of people do talk about bullying, but I just think with it being National Bullying Prevention Definitely. Month, that was, a, that was a good topic to bring up, having the courage to stand up and do the right thing even in the face of kids you know, possibly turning on you. And I just want to add one thing, you know, because of my experience, and it, it's kind of sad, but I'm, I'm going to probably offend a lot of people by saying this, and you're probably getting nervous, but <laughs> the school's actually don't do a lot and i and i'm kind of really Moose disheartened <laughs> okay is he in agreement Moose was bullied Moose oh was yeah bullied. i mean i've been out of school for a long time my kids aren't in school yet but i get it from my nephew all the time right about the school they, in the neighborhood they Moose don't told me and he said it on the air so i'm not sharing out of school which i've been known to do mm -hmm. um he said to me that he was going through facebook and he saw a picture of the guy who used to bully him and he felt like sick Mm. Oh yeah, like I, I even well, I ran into him. Uh, he was a concierge at a hotel I went to, and mm. I ran into him, and I just I wanted to turn around and leave, but I was on an anniversary weekend with my wife. Wow, so you couldn't really leave. Right. Yeah. Wow, that shows the effects of bullying. But so in agreement. It's really sad. The school says we have a no bully tolerance. You know, we're there if the kids want to talk to us and they're not and that's really scary so as parents you are going to really have to advocate for your kids as kids that's what more important stick together because if we come as a group to say we're not going to be bullied by this person maybe that will help too by kids being stronger that you know but i just want to know that myth that the principals and maybe some schools but you know the ones that i've have ex had experience with it's really sad that 
they kind of they maybe it's they don't know what to do. I yeah, you know? and I think they 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 also get nervous about um, legal you know red right. tape and things depending on how much they get involved or how much they admit that they know you know. Right. All right. This topic I'm going to share with you next is really interesting, you guys, because even as a, I know as a parent of girls, I have to be careful with my kids' self esteem. And you know, Lisa, I've said I never talk in front of them about anything derogatory about mm-hmm. myself. Because I know they'll mirror that. I don't say like, oh, I wonder what I weigh today or I need to diet or I don't like this about myself. Never. And I always compliment them on their um, athletics and their muscles and that they're strong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this surprised me. So listen to this. um, You can't see the girls, but you can get an idea. Some have curly hair. Some have straight. Some are black. Some are white. You know, different color girls, different age girls, different weights. But what's fascinating is that each one wants kind of what they don't have. And uh, I was a little shocked. Take a listen to this. I wish I had straight hair. Blonde hair would be nice. I would love to have freckles. They can make people just look really cute. I wish I was taller. I wish I was shorter. I'm very tall for my age and I feel really like lanky and like a really tall and awkward. I wish I was thinner. I wish I was stronger. To play like more sports and like be involved in more things. I would like to have lighter skin. Um, it looks, you know, oh, oh my god, this is so difficult, I'm sorry. I would like to have darker skin. I have really pale skin, so it'll stick out. Sometimes I wish I had blue eyes. Blue eyes would be nice. I'd like to have smaller breasts. I was the first girl in my class to get a bra. Just kind of want to fit in. Um, I think that I'd like to have curly hair. I wish I had straight hair. Wow. And the girl, did you hear the girl almost tr- uh, cry, Pastor Morland? She said, I yeah. wish I was lighter. This is hard Sorry, this is hard. Yeah. And she turned around. She did, yeah. She wanted to stop. And our friend Beatrice Bruno, who comes on all the time, was told when she was six years old by an African-American woman that Beatrice was too dark to be played with. She told her granddaughter right in front of Beatrice, you know, Beatrice knocked on the door, um, her friend who was six came to play, and behind the door the grandmother said, <clears throat> Uh, she is too dark to be played with. I don't want you playing with that girl. Wow. And Beatrice said she believed it till she was 35 that she was too dark to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I did an experiment with this one time I was teaching. I don't remember where I was teaching, but I was teaching in a, a marriage retreat group, something. And I, I wanted to talk to, okay, so it wasn't just married because it was single and married. But the bottom line is, long story short, when I separated them and asked them about their desires, all of the single people wanted everything the married people were trying to get away from. <laughs> oh my goodness. And all the married people wanted everything the single people were trying. Like the single people would say, Oh, I just wish I had somebody to spend time with. And the married people would say, I wish I had more time to myself. <laughs> oh my you know? Goodness. And so what we learned from that, I mean, the context was being content with, you know, married or single. But what we learned from that is it, there's something innate with us as human beings that says, I want to be anything that I'm not, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when we're watching TV, I don't know how it is for women. The only thing that's interesting on TV is what's on the other channel, mm. right? For men, it's like you just I keep mean. going from channel to channel, you know? That's why you channel serve. Yeah. And that's kind of how life is. It's like, you know, somebody else's wife is prettier. Somebody else is more good looking than me. Somebody else has a better bill than I do. And, and it it's took me a long time. that grass is greener phenomenon. Yeah. took you a long time to what? To, to get comfortable in my own skin. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was really made fun of a lot of the kids. Mm, really? 
Yeah, my lips and my head has been this big since I was five years old. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to kind of grow into it. Had to grow into, my husband yeah. had to grow into his ears. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's always something, like you said, that yeah. so we're, I think you hit it on the head, though, like to be content within yourself. And that takes time, obviously. Well, and not only that, you got to know that there there is someone and probably lots and lots of people out there who love exactly your type. Mm. Yeah. Who like you dark skin, who like you light skin, who like you tall, right. who like you short. There's someone out there who likes you, Just who likes your are. type. Yeah. And being on the air, um, I, I always had to remember that, that, you know, if you look in a parking lot, all those cars are different. Mm-hmm. And somebody chose, you know, that yellow VW That's bug, good. you know. Yeah. And so someone loves that car. And so on air, some people aren't going to like me and some will. Mm-hmm. And that, that's okay because everybody has different tastes. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. And if you're really that milk toast, is it really that fun to listen to you? If everyone's like, well, they're okay. I had an anchor friend who told me once, you know, I my agent told me that there are different kinds of ice cream. And um, a lot of people like, you know, peppermint. A lot of people like chocolate. But everyone pretty much is okay with vanilla. And so on air, being mm-hmm. vanilla is best. And I thought, well, I don't think I'm capable of that. Mm-hmm. I just have to be myself. And then if people don't like me, it's legit. You know, I I really think, though, that there is a certain sort of refreshment that comes from authenticity that people gravitate to. I really, really do. I mean, to be the cookie cutter newswoman or pastor or preacher or therapist, you know, I think there is a sense of refreshment when people realize they're not just going to get what they've always gotten mm-hmm. from the next whatever. Got it. You know, I really and I, do. And I say, you know, as a mom, I just, I love this topic of, you know, really embracing our girls to embrace what they have. And, you know, we've all got daughters. So I thought mm-hmm. that would be a cool topic well, to talk I, about. And I think to be negative, you know, reverse it to say, okay, well, you don't have curly hair. So what do you like about yourself? And, yes. you know, yeah, and what so, do you like? Right. All right. Therapist Lisa, Life Support Behavioral Institute, and also Pastor John Moreland with Denver Christian Bible Church. Um, check out his church. They're getting a new building, but the Thursday Connect, my kids are addicted to that. Thank you guys so much. God bless. All right, Carrie Conley is joining us. And Carrie, we were just talking about uh, this uh, audio, this video that uh, girls were saying, I want curly hair. And then the girl with curly hair is like, well, I want it straight or I want dark uh-huh. eyes. I want to. So I thought that was fascinating because you and I have talked a lot about beliefs that you have about yourself and how they keep you from achieving your goals. Because Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, you work with people, entrepreneurs specifically, but people in general in reaching their goals in life. Exactly. Um, you know, you and I have had many conversations about this, Angie, about where the lack of belief stems from. And, you know, the signature thing that I've done for years is I really get people to hone in on creating that authentic vision um, of who they are and what they believe their purpose is here on, on this earth while they're, you know, still walking around here and breathing. <laughs> so, um, you know, so many people... And you get so far off from staying connected to who they authentically are and what they're meant to do. And so what I've learned by helping people get very clear on their vision down on paper, which you've seen me do many times, is that it creates a victory in their life. You know, my tagline is vision is victory. Um, I do workshops. I have a book coming out with the title Business Victory in this big event um, that I know you're coming to help me MC in January in Phoenix called Vision is Victory, the event. And there's many reasons that I say vision is your victory. And so I thought I would just kind of touch on three of them real quick. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, you know, so many people, when I ask them, 
you know, do you find yourself kind of having squirrel syndrome? Are you having a hard time staying focused on one thing and, and sticking with it? And what's happening with people right now is a lot of confusion and a lot of overwhelm, which creates a lot of lack of focus. And when people get very clear on a vision and a direction that they're going in their life and their business, that they have one, it takes a lot of that brain fog away, which is miraculous. All right. Yeah, I <laughs> like that. Two, yes, exactly. Um, victory is really important coming when it comes down to making the right decisions with your time, your money, and where you're spending it. And most especially, um, you know, this is my favorite thing with understanding which people to be spending your time and money with. Yes, I call it birds of a feather flock together, and you call it clean out your front row in life. Exactly. Um, you know, we get overwhelmed because we live in a very busy, overwhelmed kind of lifestyle. You and I could be 20 different places today, Angie, and they're all good. But with a victory or a vision statement written down, it's easier to make the decisions as to where to go and where to spend your money and your time. Well, and you say victory and this plan, like having these things written down, the vision is victory, coming up with a plan for your life, the focus, you say it all comes down to having hope, a plan, that you you, you have a hope for the future. Yes. I think this is probably the biggest thing that pulls my heartstrings is that so many people right now are walking around with such a lack of vision that they have no hope. And when I, what I see what happens to people when they lose hope is they get depressed, they get anxious, and, and sometimes end up hurting themselves. And that is, you know, very big for me, as you know, that I lost my husband to suicide a year ago. And it scares me when people don't tell me they don't have a vision because that means they don't have any hope that, are, that they're linking their life to. And so when you get clear on a vision of what you want to create and what you think your purpose is, it gives people hope, and that is huge. I love it, and I love you, Carrie Conley, and I think that you help so many people, and over the last year after losing your husband, you've had hope, you've given people hope, and you've kept working with people on their dreams because it kept you going, and you've right. inspired a lot of people. And if people want to join us in Phoenix uh, in January for your big event, where do we go for information? Yeah, just go to my website, infinitenation.com. They're also going to see a virtual Business Victory webinar that I'm throwing in as a bonus for people who get registered to come to that event. And I'm doing that virtual thing on Saturday morning, October 24th. Excellent. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Connect with us on Facebook and 810klvz.com. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. Angie, News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just 
I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693. 720-331-8693. And go to InfiniteNation.com. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. 810-KLVZ, Brighton, Denver, and the entire Front Range. Online at klvz.com. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. Welcome back to the good news. Well, this is good news. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we are going to discuss what must be done now to save more lives. And joining us now is Dr. Judith Salerno. She is president and CEO of the world's largest breast cancer organization, Susan G. Komen. But I'd like to start, if you don't mind, with prevention, preventing breast cancer as much as we can, the steps we can take, but also if women have had it to prevent reoccurrence, because I know you guys have all the cutting edge, most recent information for us. Yeah, well, you know, um, we don't have the magic bullet yet that will prevent breast cancer, but there are things that women and men can do to reduce their risk of developing breast cancer. And it includes things like maintaining a healthy weight. For example, we know that people who are overweight 
Um, particularly uh, women after menopause have a higher risk of developing breast cancer, uh, getting regular physical activity, which goes along with a healthy weight, limiting your alcohol intake, uh, limiting your use of, of menopausal hormones. And for younger women, uh, breastfeeding can be protective against breast cancer as well. Um, but importantly, women should know their family history. If there's a history of breast cancer, you may want to uh, approach your your um, your preventive measures uh, differently and talk to your healthcare provider about when to be screened and what screening techniques are best for you. Um, but I think that uh, you know every woman knows. Uh, her normal for her body and when you see changes in your body um, and they you know that you know something's not right make sure that you don't wait that you go and and uh, seek attention from a healthcare provider right away who can tell you the best thing to do to find out what's really going on so there's a lot of things that women can do and you know knowledge is power so knowing what the signs and symptoms of breast cancer may be and things to alert you to um, really can can make a difference and save lives. I agree. You know, get, act now if you th- think something is uh, different. You know, get it checked out immediately, men and women, as you mentioned. All right, let's talk about the vision. Uh, tell us about your goals for Susan G. Komen going forward. Well, our, our vision has not changed. Our mission is to end breast cancer forever. Uh, we're in this fight until the end. Um, in this year, we've identified a couple areas where we think that we can move the needle and make a difference. Um, one is in looking at um, metastatic breast cancer, and that is uh, breast cancer which has left the breast and affects other organ systems, the lungs, the liver, bones, brain. Um, it's um, not curable now, um, and we have very few treatments. Uh, but we understand that we need to invest more in metastatic breast cancer research, and we're doing so. Uh, we've invested nearly $150 million, and uh, we are there to support women in, around the country in our communities who are living with metastatic disease because for them, breast cancer is never in the rearview mirror. Right. They're living with this every single day, and it's a race against the clock, and we're in the race with them. So lots more to do on that front. Um, We know that um, we have great disparities in outcomes for breast cancer, particularly among uh, women of color, um, and we need to uh, change those statistics. We need to get into communities and improve access to care. We need to understand why, for instance, African Americans die from breast cancer at a 44% higher rate than white women. And we need to also invest in young researchers who um, are really going to be the future of um, advances in breast cancer. And they're finding it much more difficult with federal funding for research being so tight. It's where they're finding it really difficult to uh, launch careers in research. So we're there to help them as well. Interesting. All right, let's talk about support because that's such a big part of all of this. Where can men and women who are diagnosed with breast cancer go for support? Uh, well, uh, a couple avenues that that we support. Uh, first, our website, Komen.org, K-O-M-E-N.org, 
in 1-877-GO-COMEN. That's 1-877-465-6636. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Salerno. Real pleasure speaking with you. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.